Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Today, I am pleased to have Abby Massey join. Abby, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Griffin. How are you? I am doing well, doing well. We're uh, getting into fall, which uh, I love not only for football season, but the weather and being outside. So uh, we're getting into the, the sweet spot of uh, the year for me <laughs> personally. But uh, well, hey, Abby, th- thanks for coming on the show. And before we get into the details of uh, the main point of the conversation here today, why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what it is you do? Sure. Um, Thank you, Griffin. So my name is Abby Massey. I am a director of our tax incentives practice at Calvity Ferguson. I am a professional engineer by background. So I actually started my career in building design um, before I started consulting on tax incentives. Uh, The tax incentives that I specialize in are all regarding commercial real estate, uh, rental residential real estate, and energy efficiency. So you you said taxes, and uh, I'm glad you prefaced that with your background of uh, the engineering world. Uh, So you could actually relate to our audience, and you're not just coming in here talking taxes. You've been in in their role uh, and actually have a good understanding of what they're going through, not just from the back end on the taxes. Um, And I'm just curious, what what made you go through that transition going from the engineering world to more focus on the taxes? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually was working in the traditional design world and I really enjoyed working with clients. That's what I I determined I liked the most. So this was more of a consulting role that I could support um, other companies that were doing the work that I really enjoyed. Uh, So it just, it was a natural fit. Yeah. and, And you're based out of Texas, correct? That's right. I'm based out of Houston, Texas. Okay. But you're the organization you're with, that's nationwide. And so um, I, I'm curious what that learning curve was like, just focusing on Texas versus as a, a whole, uh, if there's been a big difference there or if that's something where you strictly specialize in the state. Sure. So for the tax incentives, we can look at any building across the 50 states. So um, I really don't have a jurisdiction, although a lot of my clients do end up being based in Texas only because we have such a big footprint here. But I also have clients on both the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, so the, the only trick of it is that we have to visit the buildings that we're identifying a tax incentive for. So there's a little bit of travel involved when we're going to those other states. But otherwise, um, everything is the same and it's very easy for us to serve clients all across the country. Understood. And that, that's good to know because I didn't want uh, folks that are outside of Texas to you know step away here because this is important. I think a lot of folks that we talk to, this is just on the back burner if brought up at all. Uh, and so w- with that, just when you're working uh, with folks in facilities, is this something where you find that there's a foundation, like a, a, a at least a base of knowledge here? Or is this something where a lot of people are just taken back and just like, I had no idea about uh, different incentives like Section 179D? Sure. So I kind of see a wide variety of, of knowledge base from the folks that we speak with. Um, Some folks still have no idea that these tax incentives are even available. Others have an idea that they're out there, um, but they understand that the rules are complicated and they really haven't spent the time or resources to figure it out. 
which is why companies like mine exist. We're here to make these tax incentives easy um, for the facilities folks who are applying for them. Um, we know the rules and regulations. Nobody wants to read the tax code. I completely right. understand. That's why we're here as a resource. Yeah. And, and on that, so I brought up section 179D. Uh, let's start there. Can sure. you just give a quick overview of what that is? And um, we'll take that from there. Just Lay it out there for us and uh, explain it in a very simple way <laughs> what it is. Sure. Sure. So Section 1790, it's called the Energy Efficient Commercial Buildings Deduction. So what it is, is a tax deduction that's available for anybody who is installing energy efficient property. The specific property that we're allowed to consider for this specific tax deduction is HVAC and hot water, interior lighting, or building envelope. So a roof walls, windows, insulation, things of that nature. Um, it can be a new construction or a renovation project. And if you're installing one or more of those systems and you're eligible to do an analysis on that building, what we're looking for is a reduction in energy cost uh, based on a comparison to an ASHRAE 90.1-2007 baseline standard. So we're not doing a before and after look at the building. We're looking at the building with the project in place as compared to that baseline standard. Now, what's nice about that is the 2007 standard is old. Hopefully, most people are implementing projects that are using more up-to-date standards based on their state and local codes. Um, so a lot of these projects are inherently more efficient. Um, what I've seen a lot of success in are the LED lighting projects. In 2007, those weren't the standard. So when you're installing LED lighting as a part of your project, they're just inherently more efficient, even though that's just what we do now. Mm -hmm. um, the great thing about 179D is the Inflation Reduction Act enhanced its value. So you can receive up to $5 per square foot in tax deductions for your building. So if you do a renovation on a 100,000 square foot building and you achieve that maximum energy savings of 50%, then you could receive potentially a $500,000 tax deduction, which is significant. Yeah, you are not kidding. And you mentioned the LED lighting. What are some other like, quick wins uh, there beyond the LED lighting? Sure. So if you're replacing an outdated HVAC system, um, that's obviously a great project uh, to implement for Section 179D. Adding things like uh, variable frequency drives, uh, a building automation system that is um, controlling your HVAC and your lighting system. Um, other things that we're seeing, uh, heat pumps have been quite efficient. Um, anything that has a high efficiency rating, uh, high SEER rating, that's all good equipment to install. And then when it comes to your building envelope, we're just looking for high R-value insulation, um, double-pane windows, maybe gas-filled windows are also a good option. Yeah, and, and the great thing is it doesn't have to be all done at once, right? I mean, these are little Correct. things that could happen over, over a period of time. Um, is there... Do you ever find that there's folks that there's pushback on this or there's just maybe not clarity on um, how simple this could be to take advantage of that? Yeah, I think one of the most common um, questions I get or if you want to call it an objection is, well, our project just wasn't it wasn't energy efficient minded like that wasn't the goal of the project. And I know sometimes those numbers, the 25% energy savings or 50% energy savings sounds a little bit scary at first. Um, what I'd like to say to anybody who's listening is um, just know that a lot of the equipment that we're installing now is just more efficient than that standard that we're comparing back to. Right. So 
keep in mind that it's easier to qualify than you think it is and trust your consultants who have experience. Gosh, I've looked at probably 1,300 of these buildings. So with a quick description or a set of plans, we can pretty quickly identify whether it would be a good candidate or not. And, and with these projects, when should people start looking and talking to consultants uh, and to take advantage of this? Because I imagine that's something where, you know, if you're beginning a project and, you know, you haven't, you know, I guess started uh, or initiated the project or kicked it off there, uh, it could be an opportunity to pause see if you are going to be able to take advantage of that and then, you know, restart, which may not sound appealing, but at the end of the day, it would be worth it for that type of tax incentive. Yeah, absolutely. So I always recommend the sooner the better. If you're in the planning stages, now's a great time to be talking about what incentives could be available for your project because you can factor those into your budget and maybe knowing that those tax incentives are going to be available, you can even add additional energy efficient features that you weren't originally considering for the project. Um, but if you have started the project, not all is lost. Um, we very often go look at old projects that are already completed and can still identify deductions for clients. So um, I don't want anyone to think that if they didn't get somebody involved at the planning stage that they're no longer eligible to claim it. Cause that's, that's not true. We, we would be able to look at any project. Hey listeners, real quick. This is Alex Cummings, CEO of Flowpath, an industry-leading CMMS designed and built by operators to fit the scale of any organization. I'm excited to share with you that Flowpath now offers a tier for teams that just need core CMMS functionality on simple monthly contracts and at a price that makes sense. We call it Flowpath Core, and it runs on the same powerful Flowpath software that thousands of professionals rely on every day. So come check us out at getflowpath.com and see just how easy it is to get started with a software designed to fit your needs. Oh, and mention this ad and you'll get 10% off your core subscription. Okay, enough for me. Back to the show. Well, I appreciate the, the context there. Um, I think the second piece was t section 48. That's the, yeah. the other big uh, aspect here. And so um, why don't we switch gears a little bit and you tell the audience a little bit more about section 48. Sure. So section 48 is called the investment tax credit. This is also an energy efficient type tax incentive. Um, what it involves is if you are installing any sort of qualified energy property, then you will get a percentage of the cost you spent back as a tax credit. Some of the energy property that's listed in this qualified list is solar panels. That's the most popular that I've seen from um, clients that we've worked with. Also geothermal heat pumps or a geothermal system that's heating and cooling the building. Uh, we can also look at small wind projects, uh, energy, uh, excuse me, thermal storage, energy storage, uh, combined heat and power, um, microgrids, uh, anything of, in that realm would be eligible for this tax incentive. And I mean, that, that covers a wide range. And I imagine mm -hmm. it's, it's still, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but similar to section 179D, that's something where you could retroactively go back and take advantage of that? Yes, there's an old version of the investment tax credit. Now, this particular program was also enhanced in the Inflation Reduction Act. So the rules and regulations changed a bit as starting in 2023. So any projects that you're planning now that would be completed this year or forward will actually be eligible for enhanced incentives up to 30%. And then there's actually add-on credits 
to the incentive. So let's say your solar panels are domestically manufactured, then you would get an additional 10% on top of your 30%. Um, there's other incentives that add on as well if it's based in a in a in energy community or a low-income project, those could also add on additional percentages to that total amount that you would get back as the tax credit. It seems as though there are countless variables that go into this and what you'd be eligible for. Is it possible to take this on on your own? It seems as though there's, unless you leverage a consultant uh, or you happen to uh, just dabble in this in your spare time, and uh, you're a self-made expert there, but uh, it seems as though there's just going to be so much opportunity for you to miss out on some of these incentives. Yes. So there are a lot of nuanced rules for both of these programs, and both of them impact the amount of credit or deduction that you can receive. So I do think it's possible to learn quite a bit about these programs and be very knowledgeable, but I would really recommend you rely on a consultant because you are going to claim a tax deduction or a tax credit at the end of the day. You want to make sure that you are compliant with the rules when you claim that on your return. And we are the folks who are in it every single day. Guidance is constantly being reissued by the by the IRS, especially regarding these IRA programs. So we're the ones who know when that gets issued and can make sure that you're compliant with those new regulations. And with that, so if I'm someone listening and I want to take that first step, uh, yeah. doing my due diligence, reaching out to a consultant, uh, what does that relationship look like? And if I'm a facilities manager, I mean, what should I be looking for as I'm evaluating consultants? Sure. So I think when you're looking for a consultant, especially if you're looking in these energy efficient incentives, look for someone with some background in the industry that you're working with. There's more firms than just ours that have engineers on staff to help with this. Um, why I think that's important is because we can talk to you about the details about your project and translate those over to your CPA so that they can understand exactly how that should go onto the return. I think another good thing to look for is experience. Um, we're going to have a lot of new firms popping up because this Inflation Reduction Act has enhanced all of these incentives. But you want somebody with some experience with these. Um, this isn't the first year that these have popped up. So if you can find some folks with experience in both the CPA world and the engineering world, I think you've probably got your eye on a good consultant. Yeah, that's that's great. And I mean, you hear that all the time. I mean, I'm from Florida and every time we're hit with a hurricane, it seems like you know, these startup roofing companies come up and it just is a little um, too good to be true at times. And that sure. applies, you know, here as well. You want to make sure that there's some credibility there and you are having okay. a long-term partner because there, there's some, I mean, you mentioned some big time numbers that are at stake here and a lot of opportunities that could be missed. And so that That's is right. doing your due diligence is uh, imperative here. That's absolutely right. Um, most Good consultants will also walk you through your estimated value before you ever get into a contract. And I think that's also important. You want somebody who's looking out for you and making sure that this incentive will benefit you at the end of the day. So if someone's not willing to help you understand the rules and regulations and the value that you could expect to receive, then maybe go look and talk to some other folks so that you have that knowledge before you get into a contract with someone. Yeah. And I'm sure that will certainly help as you pitch it internally, as you're looking to leverage consultants and right. uh, at these different projects here where you actually have you know some firm numbers to go back to leadership and say, here's exactly what outcome we could expect here. 
Yep. Yep. That's absolutely right. Um, my company does a lot of education and awareness too, because there's a lot of parties involved on the facility manager side that needs to approve a project like this, because we're going to be talking to the folks implementing the project and also the folks that are financing the project. Um, so we do a, we do a ton of education and awareness. We'll hold webinars. We'll come visit the office and talk through these programs. So everybody feels comfortable with what they're about to engage in before they get started. Yep. And we'll get to, and, and that'll certainly be in the show notes as far as uh, where people could reach out and find you. But uh, prior to that, I have one, one last question and I sure. ask everybody, uh, and that is who or what has had the biggest impact on you in your career? Who or what has had the biggest impact on me? Probably my mother. Um, she was, uh, she was a project manager while I grew up. Um, she had a, a, a job in a big firm in Indianapolis and I always looked up to her. I just thought she was so amazing and I owe a lot to her as to where I am in my career now. So she's been a big influence in my life. That's great. And uh, that's a, a nice shout out here. And if she's uh, one of the listeners of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, then <laughs> I'll make <laughs> sure she this one. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, Abby, once again, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. Uh, before I let you go, where could people uh, find you and uh, reach out to you? Sure. So uh, like I said, I work for a firm called Calvetti Ferguson. Um, you can reach me at amassey at calvettiferguson.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, Abby, A-B-B-Y, Massey, M-A-S-S-E-Y. Well, perfect. And again, those are going to be in the show notes here. So folks can certainly reach out to you. But uh, once again, I really appreciate the time. This has been insightful. And uh, I know the audience is going to have some really solid takeaways because there's a lot of projects that are ongoing uh, out there and hopefully take advantage of these incentives that we've talked through. But uh, once again, Abby, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Griffin. I, it was a great. All right. Be good. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.